everybody. Thanks for checking out Bleach Mouth Postscript. My name is Larry. On this podcast, I generally have a guest on each episode and they come armed with five pieces of music. It can be an LP, it can be an EP, it can be a song. It doesn't matter. Regardless of genre, regardless of when it was made, doesn't matter at all as long as we are talking about music. Uh, today's guest is Ann Lillis. Ann is the drummer for uh, the really, really great rock band uh, Safe Words. I uh, use rock as a broad generalization as far as what they do but they're a really really great band as well as the Beyonderers and prior to that as if I've known Anne for quite some time not well but we've run in the same circles and every encounter I've ever had with her has been pleasant and I thought she'd be uh, a perfect person to talk music with uh, it's surprising uh, how much music we uh, I guess it's not surprising, but uh, it is great to know that there are some like-minded people out there that uh, you didn't necessarily, at first blush, you might have uh, that in common with. Anyway, uh, Ann was was gracious enough to do the interview. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun, and uh, sorry for the lateness of the episode, but, uh, you know, life happens, and uh, I think it's well worth the wait. As always, this is in two parts. This is the first of two parts. And uh, once you're done here, go ahead and uh, check out part two. It's up now. Thanks a lot. So you've been playing drums since you were 10. Yes. Who got you into drums? Who, who, okay. I mean, so, was that just something you just saw and you just wanted to do or what happened? How'd that happen? No. Um, so my dad, First of all, my dad is not a musician. He should have been a musician. He really missed his calling not being a musician. He is like, he looks like um, Greg Allman, like from the Allman. (laughs) (laughs) Like he has long red hair and a mustache and like, he's just a piece of work. And anyway, so so I- So what you're saying is- Exactly. When he listens to this, he's going to be like, oh my God, I love this guy. Okay. Anyway. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to join band in fourth or fifth grade and I wanted to play trombone for some reason. And my dad was like, trombone is not cool. You do not want to do that. He was like, don't do that. We're going to get you into drums instead. And I just, he was right. And that's, that's the beginning of the story. I, I picked up guitar prior to that and I enjoyed taking guitar lessons as a kid and stuff, but my dad was like, okay, we're going to do either drums or guitar. And then I ended up just falling in love with drums. So yeah. the rest is history. <laughs> and that's, that's great. Cause as I've mentioned to you before in the past, um, the rhythm sections for me, it's, it's always like, if the rhythm section is no good, then the band broadly speaking sucks. Totally. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't, nothing works without that making any sense. I mean, occasionally you'll get a situation where uh, certain people aren't up to snuff and there's a certain charm in that. Like I can think of, uh, this is outside of um, your milieu, but there are a couple of metal bands from the mid eighties, particularly from Europe that were playing uh, like a, a, you know, proto thrash metal sort of thing. And their drummers Mm -hmm. were really bad but it was because they were playing beats that one, one, they probably hadn't played drums that much before at all. And they were also playing drum beats and patterns that were, well, there were drum beats and patterns that were being invented on the spot. Like nobody had really done that. So it's. There's (laughs) charm to that. 
Yeah, but generally or speaking. Like, the or drawer, I was going to say something like, uh -huh. um, are you familiar with the shags? <laughs> like that yes that 60s group yeah like they're yeah. they none of them really I, well it's hard to know like if it's performance art or not but like they don't seem to know how to play their instruments well and that's the charm of it and that's what makes it great Why even Dracula will be there? It's time for games, it's time for fun Not for just one, but for everyone The Dracula's are all lit up All the dummies are made and stuff By just looking you will see It's this time of year again It's Halloween, it's Halloween But other than that, I agree with you about the rhythm section how soon after that were you playing in bands? Like um, okay, so I so I started playing in like like concert percussion and I played concert marimba <laughs> for like <laughs> for a long time actually. Like I almost I wanted to even I almost majored in concert marimba like in college. Like that's how far I got with it. I don't know. I I I honestly miss it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even own a marimba because they're really expensive. So like I just played in middle and high school and stuff because they had them at the school. But anyway, but also in school, I had two girlfriends who were twins and they both played piano and guitar. So we uh, started kind of like the way we I started playing in a band was we <laughs> we kind of started writing joke songs, you know, like silly songs. <laughs> like we wrote a song called... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but called uh, Butt Steak Rump Roast, What's the Diff? Like that was one of the original hits. Um, we probably wrote that when we were like 13 or 14. And this just like kind of evolved into, we were like, oh, maybe we should learn some covers. And we were really into the Beatles at the time. And we learned um, like Tax Man by the Beatles was one of the first songs we learned as a group. And then um, we learned or tried to learn Time by Pink Floyd. <laughs> which is really funny to think about like like these like 14 year old kids like like hacking through that song it must have been so funny I know there's video somewhere but I don't want to see it but um yeah so that I was yeah. <laughs> so I think I played my first live show when I was 14 I probably yeah and I, I'm not trying to date you so if you don't want to answer this question oh no it's totally fine I don't mind yeah what what year was that Okay, so that would have been okay. I'm thinking 2002. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Probably 2002, 2003 is probably around the time I played my first show, and around the time I went to my first real show as well. Like, like not a con a concert, you know, like a show. What like did you see? First, um. <laughs> well, I went to Murder by Death. That was my one of my favorite bands as a teenager, but they were opening for, I got so embarrassed. They were opening for My Chemical Romance. <laughs> 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 At the rock shop. But honestly, it was it was a life-changing moment for me. Like, And then eventually playing the rock shop later was like, 
I don't know. I felt like I was on top of the world when I finally was able to play there. I was like, this is the Holy grail for me. I was like 20 at that point. So it was like, took five years or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So you, uh, you, you sort of implied that you'd gone to other con you seem to have a differentiation between concerts and shows, which I agree with you, but what was the first concert you went to? Okay. Um, it's, it was Tanya Tucker. She's like a country singer. Country singer. Yeah. Yeah. And I still love her, honestly. And my dad and I went to see her a few years ago and she's still fucking awesome. So yeah, no, no shame there. Love her. He called mom's name and then he cussed her. He said, Girl, you're young, but some dude has come along and stole your mother. But you can't steal a willing mind, cause mama's always looking for a lover. That Georgia's son was blood red and going down. Teardrops on his face My daddy cried in big steps He was taking Halfway running to keep up My shorter legs were so tired and shaking Where did I go wrong, girl? Why would she leave us both this way? At times like these a child of ten Never knows exactly what to say. That Georgia sun was blood red and going down. That Georgia sun was blood red and going down. We searched in every bar room and honky tonk as well. So did, did so did old man Allman show her uh, show her his tattoo? Oh my God, he should have. Honestly, he does have. He has one tattoo, and it's like a. I'm quoting um, that song I quoted earlier. So I'm, he does, his, I'm doing it for his benefit. He he has a tattoo, and I like I swear like 
I feel like half the reason he got the tattoo was because he wants to, like, if he runs into Chrissy Hind, he wants to impress her. Like, I, I think that's his, his end goal. I feel bad saying this because he's married and my stepmom is a wonderful woman, but he just has this, like, you know, this undying love for Chrissy Hind. And I feel like she has songs about, like, guys with tattoos. And I think that's kind of his whole game. <laughs> Twenty doors around your heart's back and leave it to love boys. I tore my knees up getting to your case I needed. I found out what the thing was for, I've been reading. A man's time came to explore. I went eight fire, cause I thought, like I like it. Little tease, but I didn't mean it. But you mess with a good star, you gotta pay. first band okay um the high school band was called either origami like either or igami (laughs) (laughs) i'm seriously i'm like talking about the worst parts of my musical history right now it's great Um, you know what most of my most of my musical history has been the worst parts so (laughs) you know and na- names, names, names have never been my forte. I mean, for Christ's sakes, it was in a oh. band called Don Austin. We named it after a guy. 
I still like that though. Well, so simple. Well, we were at practice and our original drummer and bass player used to build a playgrounds for this construction company. And they worked with a guy named Don Austin and they were on break one time. They were working out in Monroe falls and, and the story goes, it was real quiet and there were some birds chirping or something. And, uh, he go he turns to Joe and he goes, Hey, you hear that? And Joe goes, what the birds? He goes, no, that's a, that's a Yeti mating call. There's Yeti in those woods. So they told us that story of practice. And I said, fuck it. That's our band's name. And he Don found Austin. out about it. He was real mad until Joe gave him a hat that said Don Austin. Then he was fine, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, band band names band names are not my forte. It just happens. No, me neither. I yeah, I started a band recently, and we've we've been playing together for a few months now, and we we all are like, I don't know, man. We we can't think of names, so I they're all taken. To that. They're all taken. They are. The names are they all are. So after either origami to just, how long was that? You're laughing at me <laughs> saying it. Uh, how long after that did you do, uh, was it before you started As If? So that kind of like, they fed into each other because it was mo- most of the members overlap between those two bands. So we okay. just, um, so yeah, like either origami was, weirdly that job we like we kind of um we were playing kind of like proggy we were really into Jethro Tull for some reason in high school like I don't know why (laughs) we got like super into Aqualung and that kind of stuff so we 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 had this like kind of classical element (laughs) well that's cool that part's cool And that's when we became friends with Brad Thorla at the Lime Spider. Like you met Brad. And I think that's around the time I met Malcolm and all those people, like it was when I was playing in either origami. I, I think they were just okay. like, this is a weird sight watching these four girls play this strange, <laughs> like classically influenced, like, I don't even know what, yeah. but um, so we kind of got out of that and we were like getting more into like, I got really into this band called Entrance and um, like Brian Jonestown Massacre and those okay. kinds of bands, like psychier bands. So um, we kind of started an offshoot and that became As If, and that's where like the kind of garage psych element came from. Um, and a, a lot of that element is like really um, takes up a part, a good chunk of your list, I think, or at least maybe not, maybe not technically psych, but I can hear like certain things that you would have been shooting for by a couple of the selections on here. Um, Absolutely. I don't always like, I don't always listen to stuff that people send me ahead of time. I just want to know so that I can just pull it up and look at it and look at dates and stuff, Mm -hmm. particularly if I am familiar with some of it, like there's definitely uh, three songs on here. I'm familiar with one. I'm not familiar with the artist at all. And the other artist I'm familiar with based on his previous work. So I really want to start on what is my favorite song on this list. And it's the one I had never heard before because I listen to this stuff. Uh, and that's the thing, like part of the exercise with this is one to get me to be a better listener, which I'm failing at miserably because I can't shut my fucking mouth. And two, no. to hear new stuff or stuff that is new to me. Which one is it? Can. 
that's a band that's a band that everybody that you and i both know have said to me more than once what do you mean you haven't heard can gargas you'd love it and i'm like ah, i'll get her i'll get around to it but you know how it is you have blind spots i right? do because you, i do yeah i have blind spots too you, mm-hmm. you music can be comforting and you want that comfort so you go to something familiar so i listened to yeah. the song dizzy dizzy oh and God. holy shit i was like it was really, 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 really good.
Um, okay. Now I feel funny that this is your intro or maybe sort of intro to can because like, this is widely not known as one of their best records, but this is like just my particular favorite can song. Well, it's, it, it's weird. I kept, I had images of like, <sighs> there's like all these polyrhythms going on, but it still sounds very, and, and I, when I mean by polyrhythms, I don't mean like percussive instruments necessarily. A lot of times it's guitars I'm hearing in that that are doing and little things. And vocal, vocal rhythmics too. Yeah. And, but it sounds to me like, you know, and, and we're used loosely using, you know, like psych and progressive type stuff. But to me, I hear like, like a lot of Southwestern music in that song. Like, Oh, interesting. I almost like, and I don't know why I'll have to go back and listen to this band, but I automatically started thinking about wall of voodoo for some reason. And it doesn't well, sound like, it doesn't sound like wall of voodoo, but just like, there's that's a, an interesting, just a weird sort of Southwestern kind of feel to it. Is it the strings maybe like the kind of, yes, like the, yes, the, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It, mm-hmm. and like, almost like, and like, slight like almost like it would be on a Ry Cooter soundtrack for like a soundtrack that Ry Cooter had done music for for Ooh, a film yeah. but not as bluesy and not as sparse because Ry Cooter can be real austere with what he what he writes but man I loved it and I'm like yeah. okay I, I guess this is my new rabbit hole starting as of today well, where did you first hear okay this? so um, okay. I'm not sure when I, I'm trying to think when I first heard this song. I think the first can I heard was, well, the first can record I heard was, I, I never know how to pronounce this, but it's called like Eggia Bemyase. It has like a can on the cover. It's green. Um, yes. Yeah. I've, yeah. Se- I've seen it. Yeah. That's the first record I heard. It's phenomenal. I, it, it's, it's wonderful. Like front to back. Um, I don't know this. So this record is like. It's called, I know, this I song's, get, this song's off a of soon over Balumba, Babaluma. Babaluma. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like 74. So. Yeah. It's like, I always, I, this is why I like made sure I double checked all this. Cause I'm like, I don't want to say something that's incorrect and have some guy, be, not you, but some guy be like, well, actually. So yeah. I, was, I, I get that. I get that shit all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a fucking. <laughs> I'm I'm not a broadcaster, I'm not a music expert. I'm just doing this with my friends. Right. If you're gonna fucking just correct me, then don't fucking listen. If it's that important, don't listen. Go read it. Go read a Wikipedia page, you fucking dicks. Fuck them. Right. But I think the reason that people don't this one's like not that this is like necessarily underrated, I guess, but still like this record, I feel like is not one of like the big ones that people usually mention because the main dude like Damo Suzuki is not on this record. So it's, it's post him, but I don't, I don't know. I, I remember, I think, I think I probably first heard this because I, I, I own this on vinyl and I think I probably just, bought it knowing that I had heard Canon liked it and just bought the only record they had in whatever store I bought it in and was like, Oh, here's a can record. I'm going to buy this like whenever 10 years ago, whenever I bought it and then like ended up just being obsessed with it. And, um, until a couple of years ago, it was the only one I owned on vinyl. So I, I listened to it all the time. And this song is just like, I'm like a listen to the same song on repeat for like an entire day kind of person. Yeah. And this is one of those songs for me. I love yeah. it. It's it's really good. Where are they from? Um, Germany. 
Oh, they're German. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's interesting. I I had it in my head for some reason that they were from California. I don't know. I just, they're that like kraut rock, like it's funny that you said the southwestern thing because to me they sound weird so like well i'm only, i'm i'm all i'm only really thinking about this song i this can't, song in particular yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know anything else but about i like them. that i i like that take on it it's really cool because it like i don't know it just speaks to like the complexity of the song i guess it's weird because I thought to myself, I'm like, well, this doesn't sound like Captain Beefheart, but I, if I were making a mixtape, I could see myself putting this in there with oh, like yeah. stuff off of Safe as Milk or exactly. uh, yes. 13 Floor Elevators. I mean, it's, you know, just, but it's yeah. like, it's different than that stuff, but I'm like, well, this would fit, this would fit nicely in that. Um, yeah, I'm going to, like I said, that's going to be my new rabbit hole, I think. That's, it's, Maybe I should have saved that for last because that's my favorite song on this list, but <laughs> you know, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so keeping in the spirit of things I'm not super familiar with. Um, I love Roxy music's first three records, like nobody's business. Like they're amazing records, but I don't know Dick about Brian Eno other than that he produced a bunch of records I liked after that and um this song it's driving me backwards no it's fine no i liked it i actually spoiler alert i liked everything on this list but one tune um oh wow okay um but and even that i wasn't i wasn't hating it i was just like okay um and that might also be because I'm bigoted towards the artist. But anyway, so back I to already Brian. know which one this is going to be, back, but yeah. <laughs> back, back, back to Brian, you know. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> and I'm not just saying it's because, he, you know, he's worked with them, but man, this sounded like a Devo, like this could have been a Devo track. Not yes. exactly, but it's, they're playing, it's the same sandbox, you know, except that I, you know, honestly, I, feel devo does this sort of thing better interesting okay no i love devo too so like no um yeah they they do no they they do no wrong i'm totally biased i i'm probably coming from that uh narrow perspective but um i liked this song but how did you come across brian you know did you come to him first or did you were were you a fan of roxy music previously him actually i didn't get into roxy music until fairly recently weirdly um but yeah i I got this particular record like a while back. I, someone showed it to me, I think when I was on tour, like many years ago. Um, and this entire record is fucking amazing and varied. Like this ends the, I think this, this is either the last song on side A or the first song. I, this has to be the last song on side A. I can find but, out. Um, yeah. It, that, that, wow, this is happens. 73. Why I keep thinking this sounds like later 70s to me. So I'm I'm even a little this more This record impressed. is is very strange and wonderful. I know I've I know this record, at least as far as like name checking records. Here come the warm jets seems to be a record that mm-hmm. everybody kind of goes for when I talk about him. I don't know I don't know his music really. I just know his other work other than well, I mean I know his Roxy music work, but I don't know his solo stuff. Um, was there a band called Here Come the Warm Jets? 
I don't know. Maybe if so, I'm not familiar, but there might be. I could see that being the case. Played, they probably played Lime Spider at some point to nobody. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> and that's not the Lime Spider's fault, but I, I have been there in many nights when bands who were pretty self-important and thought they were really cool with their leather jackets and their uh, curly, long, dark hair, and they thought they were in the strokes, would sit up on that stage and just were so impressed with themselves, and yet they're playing to two people. And Meanwhile, one, I was in the, I was one of the two people like, oh my God, these boys. Were you? You <laughs> were you really? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, it closed before I turned 21. So honestly, probably I was probably one of the people in the audience like <gasps> swooning. Oh, oh, good lord. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, is this his first record? First okay, I don't know. I'm not sure about like what order the records go in. <laughs> I feel like I should know, but I no, don't. you you don't have to. I ask these questions. I'm kind of, you know, um, you know, it looks like it was. It looks like it was. I don't know because that's 73, and the ones they have listed after that 74, 77, 75, 78. Yeah, this yeah. might be his first one. This um, is like the most chaotic song on that record, probably. Like really. Yeah, yeah. This song is kind of like the, I don't know, like, excuse me, like I said, it's like the, I think it's the end of side A, so it's kind of just like the, like, I don't know, apex in the, in the middle of the record.
but yeah, there's a lot of like straight, really good. Um, I wouldn't call them like pop songs, I guess, but more like it's like more forward songs on this record that are phenomenal too. Like um, Cindy tells me is a really good song. I recommend Babies on Fire. Yeah, that I mean that's that's interesting because I didn't feel the song was really that chaotic. It just it just felt like it was firmly in it was firmly in the camp. Um, like I said, in that same uh, sandbox that Devo was playing in, um, and you know him having produced "Are We Not Men" makes perfect sense. But yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll I think I might I think I might dive into that record maybe not as entire thing but i'll see how that record says to me can i'm gonna sort of try to gobble up as much as i can but um so you just recently discovered roxy music yeah i'm like no 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 it's okay look i didn't start listening to them till three years ago myself honestly right why is that that was one of my blind spots like i have others that i probably like you know that i i can't even think of right now but if somebody mentioned something i'd be like oh god not this because i know nothing about this I can tell you why it was one of mine because the first thing I heard was more than this and I just wasn't interested in the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, just didn't hit you right. And then somebody knew I was a huge like Nick Cave, Tom Waits fan. And they said, hey, you might like some of the darker Roxy music stuff. Um, I think Brian Eno is very dark, very dark. Yeah, so they played um, uh, For Every House, what's that song? Every House, A Heartache. Um, it's escaping me. Hold on. I'm going to look it up, but it's great. Okay. Wrote it down (laughs) in every home, a heartache. And it's on, um, it's on for your pleasure that came out in 73 as well. Anyway, that song is super dark and uh, that got me into Roxy music because all I knew before that was more than this, which is perfectly fine. But I was like, I, a lot of my friends were like, yeah, they're like glam rock and they're like real innovative. And, you know, they were kind of an inspiration to a lot of later punk rockers. And I'm like, how this song is like, I don't hear it, you know? And, uh, but yeah, um, that's a great record, but their first couple records are really good. Who, who played them for you? Um, <laughs> uh, oh, the Dad, Roxy music records. Yeah. Or was the, it, was it, was it dad Allman? <laughs> My dad definitely likes Roxy music. Oh, okay. I'm just fucking. With you. He actually does. He doesn't, I don't think he really listens to the solo Brian Eno stuff, but, um, Brian Ferry, the other guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he loves Brian Ferry solo and used to like rock that all the time when I was a kid, like in the car. Yeah. Yeah, and Love is the Drug. I was familiar with oh, that song too. So I love that. it was like more oh. than this and Love is the Drug. And Love is the Drug I liked okay. better. But it what didn't it didn't hook me the way when I heard in every in every dream home a heartache. That song is just in every dream home a heartache. And every step I take takes me further from heaven. Is there a heaven? I'd like to think so. Standards of living, they're rising daily. 
but home, oh sweet home. It's only a saying from bell push to faucet in smart town apartment. The cottage is pretty. The main house, a palace, penthouse perfection. But what goes on? What to do there? Better pray there. Open plan living. Bungalow ranch style, all of its comforts seem so essential. I bought you mail order, my plain wrapper, baby. Your skin is like vinyl, the perfect companion. You float in my new pool, deluxe and delightful, inflatable doll. My role is to serve you, disposable darling. Can't throw you away now. Immortal and life-size. My breath is inside you. I'll dress you up daily and keep you till death-size. Inflatable doll, lover ungrateful. I blew up your body, but you blew my mind.
I, I really do like Love is the Drug. I think that's just like a, that's a classic to me. Yeah. Um, I like it better now, I think, because yeah. I think when it, when you, when it sits in the catalog a certain way, um, it's, uh, it makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first record is really, is really good. Um, the opening track remake remodel is like, um, it's just, I just wasn't expecting it given my prior, uh, experience with them and given the fact that it was like born that, that it came out the year before I was born was mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing to me. You know, I was like, well, yeah. this is, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I like that Brian Eno song. Like I said, it just, it reminds me of Devo. And I don't say that just because of his association with him. Like there are just elements of it that I'm like, this is very, I can hear this. You know? It has that. Do you think it's a dark song? I think it's really dark, honestly. Like that I song do. feels like very, um, like unsettling and kind of like, like, I don't know. It sounds like, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's unsettling. That's probably I, a, it. I listen to it when I'm in a very like unsettled, weird mood. <laughs> that's probably a better description for it. Like when you said chaotic earlier, like I was having a hard time sort of reconciling that, but now that we've been talking about dark and you said unsettling, okay, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. You know, like, but I mean, like music affects people differently. So you're going to have a different, set of words to describe it you know but unsettling yeah for sure um yeah like at the end it kind of has this like syncopation with clapping and like some weird almost scat singing which i wouldn't normally be into but i something about it is just like really kind of creepy and i just respond well to it for some reason (laughs) yeah um let's talk about the everly brothers oh like yeah, 180 from from Franino, but yeah, oh god. Because I well, I mean, here's the thing though: if you think about it, I mean, their songs in a lot of ways um, can be dark, not always lyrically, but like the way they sing mm-hmm. is just like, oh, I don't know. It's probably an overused word, but it's pretty haunting. It like is. their their harmonies are so perfect. They're so tight, and it's weird because, you know. I didn't just listen to this song before I went ahead and listened. I've got a couple of their records. I listened to those this week, but the recording processes back then seemed to really favor their vocals more than a lot of people Mm -hmm. that open room sort of thing. Yeah. So that you're getting like, I don't know who is who half the time, but I don't either. Whoever has the most vibrato, you can kind of hear it in the room as they're recording it. And like, it just makes the songs haunting and in their own way depressing, even though yes. they're not really always depressing. Like Bye Bye Love is not, well, yeah, that's a depressing song. I guess it's thematically depressing, but the way they sing it isn't really the same. Like so, certain, yeah, they have this like element of just this deep sadness in some of their songs that really comes across and feels very authentic. And when you, when you know the story about them actually eventually hating each other for a while, I don't know if they still do. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty depressing. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. I, I just, I think they're great and I think they're really overlooked compared to a lot of their contemporaries. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a shame, you know, uh, they sing really well, but why Kathy's clown as opposed to say, I don't know, 
their other one bazillion hits they have because they're they have like an endless list of songs. So many, yeah. There's so many good ones. Like you really can't miss with them. But like I don't know this song. It, I I think I don't know. This might be my favorite song of all time. I don't know. Something about this song is just like it's so perfect in its simplicity and the, I don't know, the melody just really grabs me. I, I don't mind songs that have women's names in them. I don't know. I, I just think it's like, I think it's like perfection. like it's hard to even describe it's just it's my song I got in I got I had a roommate and I got in not in trouble with her but she was just like please stop playing Kathy's clown because it's just like it's my song (laughs) (laughs) it's really good I mean like um they just and the guitar playing is really good too Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because like you know if I'm not mistaken I don't really recall a whole lot of other instrumentation on their songs at least off the top of my head i don't think of much it's just them and the guitars generally sometimes you hear some drums i was gonna say the drumming is is always really um understated but perfect you know like in the way that like it it almost feels i might be using the wrong language for it but almost feels like it's mostly not shuffles but it's mostly snare and no barely any kick drum and no hi-hat and definitely no crash cymbals like yeah it's very it's just just, you know 
I could see them playing with maybe just one crash, a kick and a snare and that's it. But I've seen bands do that before. You know. Yeah, the yeah, I've I've done that before, like even on tour, just with you know full bands and stuff, and we don't have room for it. Just play with a very pared down kit, but that definitely like forces you to be kind of creative with what you do between the bass drum and the snare drum. But yeah, like in this song, he's just playing. I'm assuming it's a he. I'm actually not sure who the drummer is on this song, but uh, the beat is very similar to like the Ronettes "Be My Baby" beat, but it has like a little um kind of like flourish at the end but it's very similar which and i always respond well to that beat too i love it and talk about an awesome song <laughs> be my right? baby is so good <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, you just kind of have to, I don't want to say I'm not into quote unquote canceling an artist. Right. I don't want to say that there aren't times where I'm like, yo, I'm, 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 we're like, I'm fed up with some, like, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. But if we're being realistic about it, there aren't too many artists out there that are famous that aren't complete and total shitheads. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, demonstrable fact that most musicians are fucking scumbags Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's a shame but it's the way it is you know yeah but with phil specter it's particularly difficult given Uh 
the haunting nature of that Ronette's music and his relationship with Ronnie Spector. Although, mm-hmm. and I took her lead on it because when he died, she said, I have the music and that's all that matters. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? That's if she, it's her story. Who am I to say you shouldn't listen to Phil Spector's music? Because it's, you know, it's, if she's at peace with it, then, you know, the rest of us need to take a step back and, you know, cause that's about her. It's not about us. So. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It does seem like she is like at peace with it. And she seems to like have, you know, I, I really want to read her biography or autobiography. I, it, I'm sure it'd be like fascinating, but yeah, I mean, she seems to have thrived after her relationship with him, but he, yeah. I mean, the dude is, has that's, done some unconscionable things for sure. But that that's just like such a really really good song, and it's you yeah, know, okay. be my baby is like, I, and I like the Ronettes. Um, I'm not huge on the girl groups from the '60s, but the ones I, I do like. Well, I like them, but I think I got I was more into the powerhouse soul singers that were come out of Stax and mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the gold standard Aretha Franklin. You know, what I mean, basically. Oh yeah. Like, but I mean, I, the Ronettes were great. Um. Martha and Vandellas were great. You know. Crystals and yep. so yep. good. Hey, some people are made of plastic. Alright, that's the end of the first part of my two-part conversation with drummer Ann Lillis. Part two is up now. Go check it out. Thanks.